Hey everyone, this is Wesley Town. Welcome to Better Days Season 4, a conversation around making good when all feels bad. Let's jump into today's episode. We are all living through an unprecedented pandemic, the coronavirus, also known as COVID-19. Within a 24-hour period of time, this last week, our entire way of life began to shift. Within the last 72 hours, so much of what we know as normalcy of life has changed, has been postponed. Just think about the last 72 hours. The NBA was postponed. The MLB was postponed. The PGA Tour was postponed. Golf. The NCAA tournament, also known as March Madness, was canceled. ESPN has now declared this to be March Sadness. Disneyland was closed. Schools all over our nation have been shut down. We have been asked to practice social distancing, keeping a six-foot margin of proximity between each human being. We have been asked not to gather in groups larger than 10 people. And even if you're to gather in a group that's six or seven or eight or nine people, you are responsible to keep social distancing. Bay Area residents have been put on lockdown. They've been asked to stay in their home, except for necessity. Toilet paper is the hottest commodity in our country, and there is no toilet paper anywhere, online or in-store. In fact, I've tried five days in a row to go to multiple stores to buy toilet paper and have found none anywhere. Shelves are empty in stores. You're seeing pictures on Twitter and Instagram of people going shopping and entire aisles wiped out. It's like we're living through this eerie movie where a global pandemic strikes country by country and Everybody is inside or hundreds of millions of people are infected. You know, you've seen some of those movies. It's like we're living through that. And the list goes on and on of how our way of life has been shifted. This is a full-blown global and national crisis, an unprecedented global and national crisis. And the way that we feel around such instability, it feels bad on almost every area of our life. A crisis is breeding ground for stress, anxiety, fear, panic, and depression. So how do we make good when all feels bad? That's what I'd like to address over the next few weeks as we enter into season four of Better Days podcast. In the midst of this moment, How do we love well? How do we live well? How do we process such seismic changes in a healthy manner? And how do we proactively invest in our mental and spiritual health in the midst of a crisis? So let's begin to kind of shape the framework of what we want to enter into. First, I would love to share with you the basic anatomy of a crisis. And a lot of this was learned from Dr. Der- Dr. Gary Collins from his amazing book on counseling that I read in graduate school and has been such a helpful resource for years for me. He talks about the basic building blocks of a crisis. A crisis is a turning point 
that often cannot be avoided. If you're just to simply define a crisis from the dictionary, here's some basic definitions. A stage in a sequence of events at which the trend of all future events, especially for better or for worse, is determined. A turning point. Another definition would be this. A condition of instability or danger. One more. A dramatic emotional or circumstantial upheaval in one person's life. I would say that we are going through a dramatic social, emotional, national, and global upheaval in millions upon millions of people's lives. So this is a turning point. This virus that has disrupted nations is disrupting our way of life. We're living through a crisis. A crisis arrives quickly and then it is gone. Sometimes it takes months, but usually a crisis takes place quick. In other words, there's been a shift, a turning point in the way that we've lived for so long and immediately it's changed. Sometimes you have time to prepare for a crisis and sometimes you do not. Interesting, the Chinese word for crisis involves two characters. One of the characters means danger and the other character means opportunity. So in all crisis, there is danger and there is opportunity. And you're like, Wesley, explain that. How in the midst of the crisis do you not just solely have danger? Where is the opportunity found in that? Well, here here it is. Let me define that for you. Every crisis has danger. Let's start there. And by danger, I mean they disrupt our lives and threaten to overwhelm every person affected. So it changes. There's a shift. There's a turning point. There's a disruption in our life. And then we all feel overwhelmed. I don't know about you, but I have been so attuned to the news and the unfolding rapid nature of change around safeguarding us in America from this coronavirus. And I feel overwhelmed and anxious, and there's this undergirding stress in me. And I imagine that many of you are feeling the same way. So there is danger in a crisis, but every crisis also has an opportunity. And by opportunity, I mean they cause us to be in a vulnerable situation where we seek help where we search for answers, where we develop resilience and fortitude, and where we can deepen our faith as we lean into our relationship with God. So I want you to think about that for a minute. Even in the midst of this moment of crisis that we're all feeling, we're overwhelmed, life has seismically shifted in a rapid period of time, there's an opportunity. There's an opportunity to be vulnerable, to think about what's important in life, to seek help, to to learn new things about ourselves, to create opportunities for growth, to learn new skills, to develop resilience and fortitude, which are so essential in a broken, fallen world, and to deepen our faith in God by leaning into Him and, and trusting in Him in the midst of this instability because he is a rock, but we live in instability and we can find strength and help and hope 
in the midst of our relationship with him. A crisis causes physiological changes as the human body responds to stress. So all of us are feeling that. We're feeling this stress. We're watching the news. We're looking at Twitter. We're looking at Instagram. We're, we're, we're reading all different types of news feeds to get the latest information. We're sending the latest information to our friends, texting them back and forth. And that creates stress. So all of us are living in this climate of stress, which then leads to physiological changes in our human body. And if we stay in this stress state for too long, it can have negative effects upon our immune system. It can have negative effects upon our health and our mental health. And so we really have to be aware of that reality. Those are some of the building blocks, the anatomy of a crisis. What I'd like to do now is, second, I would love to share with you five tips to remain mentally healthy during a crisis. I'll say that one more time. Five tips to remain mentally healthy during a crisis. Number one, it is okay to feel unsettled in an unsettling time. We have real human emotions. An unexpected crisis means we feel unsettled. It's a disruption. And there's this feeling of unsettlement that takes place in a number of areas. First, we feel a lack of control. So we feel like everything is spinning out of control. We will naturally experience stress, which leads to physiological physiological changes in our body. And so I, I talked about that just a little bit. I've done podcasts on stress. You can go back, refer back to those. Uh, after you're done listening to this, if you're interested in how stress changes our body and our mental condition and how it can affect our immune system, so on and so forth. It is normal to feel fear, anxiety, and a bit of panic during an unsettling time. So it's okay to feel those emotions. However, the key is not to live in a stressful state or to live in a fear-driven state, or to live in an anxiety-filled state. All of this can wear down our bodies and weaken our immune systems and create a mental health challenge if we're not aware and we don't have healthy responses. So first, it's okay to feel unsettled in an unsettling time. Second, don't allow unsettled emotions to to take you captive internally. We have to guard our minds. We have to guard our emotions from becoming paralyzed by our fears and anxieties and negative thoughts during a crisis. So it's really important that we're all processing what we're feeling, what we're thinking, the physiological changes of stress in our body. We want to feel that. It's natural, but we don't want to be taken captive by those things internally. So that leads me to number three. In a crisis, it is important to return to pre-crisis living or homeostasis. What do I mean by that? A crisis disrupts our life. So we want to reflect as much as possible the practices and healthy life choices that were a part of the rhythms of our lives before the crisis arrived. 
So we get displaced, we feel disrupted, we feel out of control, but what we can control is mirroring and practicing those healthy life choices that were a part of the rhythm of our life before the crisis. In other words, lean into healthy practices in the midst of the crisis. So if you were working out consistently, go back to that. If you were getting good night's sleep consistently, go back to that. I'm going to talk about this in a second, but we want to practice those healthy choices that we can control and not so much focus on what we can't control. There's something that I learned in a psychology class when I was in undergraduate or graduate school. I can't remember. It's been a while. But it was this. Everybody has a circle of control and everybody has a circle of concern. So in a crisis, we tend to lean in and fixate on the circle of concern, the things we can control, and we tend to not focus on the circle of control, the choices that we can control to remain healthy. So it's important to lean in to the circle of control and not fixate on the circle of concern, what you can't control. So that leads me to number four. It is okay to feel unsettled in an unsettling time, number one. Number two, don't allow unsettled emotions to take you captive internally. Number three, in a crisis, it is important to return to a pre-crisis living or homeostasis. And then number four, process your thoughts and emotions in a healthy manner. So part of what's taking place in all of us is stress, anxiety, we get downcast, we begin to think negative thoughts. We sense the worst. We can begin to fixate on distortions of reality. So it's important that we feel, and it's important that we're thinking in a crisis, but it's also important that we're probing the reality of what we're feeling and what we're thinking by asking ourselves, why? Why am I feeling this way? Or why am I thinking this way? It is a disruption. It is a change. It is a seismic shift, what we're all feeling. But we need to probe our thoughts and emotions. And we need to say, is that thought or that emotion undergirded in reality or based on reality? Or is it undergirded on a potential reality? Is it a thought and emotion based on something that isn't present but could be in the future, which is leading to more stress and more anxiety and more panic and eventually could lead to full-blown depression? So we need to filter between what is real and needs to be processed in a healthy manner versus what is not real and needs to be filtered through the lens of a distortion of reality. Number five, practice healthy stress coping practices. Seems like a redundancy, but I think it's good. Practice healthy stress coping practices. This is what I mentioned before. The ability to return to pre-crisis living. In other words, do the things that you did before that were healthy. Healthy practices. So some of the things that we all need to be intentional about as we're walking through this national pandemic crisis, global pandemic crisis, 
we need to focus on a few things. Sleeping well. So making sure that we're maintaining a really, really good rhythm of sleep. Eating healthy. I've talked a lot about how what we eat affects our mental health. The gut-brain connection. Exercising. We need to move. It's easy to sit on the couch all day. Be sedentary. Always be focusing on our news feed. Always be focusing on the newscast and what's the latest information. But it might be good to get up, to get out, to move, to allow your body to have healthy coping stress mechanisms by moving. And then another thing that you probably want to lean into is do things you enjoy. This will take your mind off the potential realities or potential worries or fears or anxieties that can consume us in the midst of a crisis. And I encourage all of us, and I've been guilty of this, don't watch the news 24-7. And I just have to make a confession. I have been looking at Twitter. I've been looking at my Apple news feed. I've been going on to different news websites. I've been listening to news almost around the clock since this all started to shift and we saw these rapid changes in our life. And I'm pretty attuned to what's taking place with all the regulations and mandates and and time periods that were to change our lives right now nationally and in different states. And I'm not saying that's a good thing. In fact, I've just noticed over the last couple of days, I've noticed a shift in my own mental health. I feel stressed almost the entirety of each day. I've begun to feel anxiety again, thinking about what this could mean and what this could look like and the results and ramifications of different parts of coronavirus on our nation, on our city, on things that I'm a part of. But here's the thing, that's not necessarily healthy. Me watching the news and fixating on the newsfeed 24-7. So, We shouldn't be hibernating in our news feeds all day. We should be choosing to live healthy lifestyles and practicing healthy coping practices. So I want to encourage all of us, and I want to encourage you, choose to be a healthy human even in the midst of a stress-inducing crisis. That's getting back to those practices that create health so you're not constantly ruminating and fixating on potentialities of this crisis. I hope this was helpful. I know that we're all trying to figure this out and I wanted to lead into this situation to help as many people as possible, including myself. Don't miss next week's episode as I address this from the lens of crisis and staying spiritually healthy. Much love, my friends. Thanks again for joining me. I hope you were encouraged. I would love for you to help me to spread the word to bring hope for better days to as many people as possible. You can send a link to your family and friends, post something on your social media, and write a review on iTunes. Thank you so much for your support. I can't wait to connect with you again next week for another episode of Better Days.